Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I am a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Today's episode is a mini-sode that we call Fried Dates with the Wife. In these mini-sodes, my wife Kim and I deconstruct the strategies that we've developed over the last decade to not only grow personally, but to turn our struggles into lessons and create fulfillment in all areas of our lives. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Let's dig into today's topic. All right, before we jump into this episode, I want to invite you to be considered for my Work Hard, Play Hard Mastermind by completing an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. So this mastermind is not like any mastermind you may have been to or heard of, I promise you. This mastermind is for six to seven figure entrepreneurs that are working too damn much and aren't taking the time to have amazing experiences around the world with an incredible tribe of people. So every 100 days or so, I drop you into new experiences that are specifically designed to elevate your thinking, to give you new ideas. Look, you get your best ideas not staring at a computer. And actually, this is the way high-level people really collaborate with each other. They do it over a glass of champagne, watching the sunset in the south of France. And we'll be doing things just like that. In fact, we'll be taking a vintage car ride through the French Riviera this summer. And we'll be truffle hunting in Florence in the fall, to name just a few of the experiences so that I can give you a feel for it. So if you are ready to do some fun stuff around the world and really, really want to level up your tribe in one shot, fill out an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. We'll jump on a call and we'll see if it's a good fit. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Kimberly, can you pick a freaking Airbnb without 3,000 steps for me to walk up to? (laughs) Murgatroyd, how are you today in this beautiful day in southern Italy, in the boot. Are we in the boot or in the heel? We're in the heel of the boot. Is it like I a, think all of is Italy it like is a chun- the boot. Is it like a chunky, cute heel? It's a cute, chunky heel. So what are we talking about today? Because this is the third time I've started the podcast and you told me I got it wrong. So why don't you start it? <laughs> oh, marriage. Uh, what we are talking about today is I figured, you know, we're two months in to our four-month journey here in Europe. And what I thought we would talk about today is the lessons and the takeaways that we've had thus far between, you know, the bidet that you have fallen in love with, the tarantula biting your your wife, the, um, and no, a tarantula didn't really bite me just for everybody. And I didn't fall in love with with a bidet, but go ahead. (laughs) Debatable. But, uh, and you know, there's big differences that we're starting to really, really see between taking a vacation and doing what we're doing. So let's just get into it, shall we? Let's start with the bidet. Uh, okay. So first of all, <laughs> there, there, I have, to, I, some of this is going to be a little bit of a rant, right? So I'd love to tell you like, whoa, look at my Instagram and look at, look at how we're you know traveling all over the world to the best. There's a lot of things that are not so freaking easy about this shit. Look, if I this be, is where it all comes out. If I could be completely honest with like you. Like if you go back to our first one that we did on our vacation, like, you know, I, it's going to be really, it's got to be really interesting to be a listener 
because it was like all this excitement. We're going to have four months in Europe. Oh my God. And then we had the Montenegro episode where you basically made everybody pee in their pants with your detailed account of a arrival in Montenegro. And now we're two months in. And now now, now, now the onion is being well, I'm just gonna I'm just going to give you two very simple things to consider. One is, how tall am I? 4'11", right? I mean, <laughs> so someone, somebody explained to me why when I get into the bed, my feet hang off the ends. Okay? This is so that's, true. He's, that's he's sleeping diagonal in the current... Now, let me set the stage. We are in um, a town called Lecce in Puglia, which is in the heel. Which, by of the way, the try and say that, not make it sound like milk, but go ahead. <laughs> okay. And we are here and it's, we have a beautiful Airbnb and it has everything you could, you know, need. But what I have figured out with Airbnbs is, you know, when we were in Montenegro, I, even Rob, even Rob will admit that the Montenegro Airbnb was probably his favorite. Is this true? Yeah, but that has nothing to do with no, my feet pause. hanging off the bed. No, but pause. So we were there and it was amazing. It was well-equipped. Why was it well-equipped? Because it was actually the family's house that when they go on vacation, they rent out. So it was amazing. The ones since are like equipped enough if you are on a vacation, and we will get into that in a minute, versus like living. So the the kitchens are equipped-ish. <laughs> okay, but let's, let's, get, let's get back the, to the bed for a I second. <laughs> I understand your point. Your point is that, they, that they're not living in it, so they're not paying attention to the details. So they didn't exactly get but the best But here's what bed. I want to know. Where do you buy a bed if you wanted to equip a home <laughs> with a bed? For someone over 5'1". Where would five you one. buy a bed that a person that's five feet tall, their feet hang off the edge? Where, is there like... Like some Euro Ikea for midgets? Like what? Like, I don't understand how that can even happen. That's the first thing. But let's get, let's get beyond the bed. Let's go into the bathroom. Okay. So I'm four feet tall. Now, as I go into- You just the, lost 11 inches. As I go- That's this, what she said. I don't speak to it. Now, now I go into the bathroom and somebody explained to me why both my left and right shoulder knock the mirror off on the wall because the width isn't wide enough for me to do it. Okay. Okay, so, so now you're four feet tall and really wide okay, is so, the picture everyone's so, making. So now I have to turn my body as if I'm turning a drone to be able to face myself, to look in the mirror. And then while I brush my teeth, I put my, I, 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 I grab for the, the toothpaste, my fist almost goes through the wall because I hit the toothpaste. And then as I'm brushing my teeth, and I don't, I'll tell you, I brush my teeth. I've YouTube how to brush teeth and I brush my teeth with very little motion, back and forth motion. Cause you're not supposed to do that when you use an electron, electric toothbrush. So did you I say you YouTubed how to brush your teeth. I did the interplot. Is it called interplot? It's Sonicare. So when I put the, the toothpaste on the, on the toothbrush, and I start brushing my teeth, I have a little forward and back motion. And yet I hit my elbow on the wall <laughs> and the toothbrush on the enamel of my teeth because the width between both of which does not allow for normal brushing of the teeth. Now, while I am brushing my teeth, I've learned... I, I don't want to close my eyes entirely because it's just weird because I just woke up. And while I'm brushing my teeth, my eyes are half open because there's a bidet that I'm looking <laughs> down on that has like, I, I'm going to say it's dust, but I don't know that it's dust. It could be some other dusting of something else that's in there. And I want to understand why if the bathroom is 
six inches wide that they're going to back a truck up in and they're going to install a bidet because you got to have the freaking bidet when I'm standing on one foot trying to brush my teeth. But this truck of a bidet has to be there. So what is the reason why this is there? Okay. Now, number three. No, hold on a second. Hold on. So let me just, this bathroom, it's probably, let's call it seven feet long and about... Two feet wide. Okay. It's the most narrow. It's a hallway. Okay. They took a hallway and they put a sink, a bidet, a toilet, and a shower in it. Okay. At now the, the very now end. The, tr- the tray of the shower can't, the, the, the amount of water that comes out of the shower and goes into the tray at the drink. basin, they're not in sync with each other. So when it comes in, it's an instant freaking Noah's Ark flood that goes through the water. No, but the worst is the shower itself. So they have like, you know, they upgraded and they got the rain shower head, uh, you know, at the top that sprinkles down rain. By the way, I hate that thing. And oh, I'm so glad that a fire hose goes into a Dixie cup. I mean, that is really freaking nice. <laughs> no, but hold on. Hold on. The water temperature, you can put it on and keep it like at one place. You don't even, once you find like your perfect temperature, but then it goes from freezing to scalding hot in like four minutes. So when I have to bathe Sophia, she's like, okay, make it cold. And we do cold, cold, cold. And she has to scream when it gets hot because I can't bathe her. It's like this, this definitely has been the most complicated for sure. Okay. Um, I'll give you another one. Somebody explain to me why that all of us have to turn <laughs> Wi-Fi off. So the other one can send an email. Okay. Like somebody explain to me a second. If I write dear Kim, hi, how are you in an email? Everybody's going to, we got to like go, everybody shut it down. Okay. No, <laughs> iPad off, laptop off. Kim sending an email. You know, it's like, remember when you were a kid, you couldn't turn the sink on yep. when the shower was on because somebody's getting. If you flush the toilet, you got. Right. Like, okay. <laughs> so that's what Wi-Fi is over here. All right. So I have been trying to upload. Look. Okay, it's been an hour and 15 minutes. I am trying to upload a one-minute video onto, onto Instagram. Okay, the last rant is explain to me why when we come home at night that we have to walk up 157 <laughs> stairs in the dark, okay? In the dark, and then you got to find a button in the dark to turn the light on in the public hallway that people are coming home to that is on enough to get you up to the next flight of stairs. And then on that next flight, you got to find your way in the dark at night in the public hallway to find the light, to turn it on, to do it one more time, to go up on the next one, to work your way in. And the last, last one is explain to me why to open the door. There's 37 <laughs> rotations of a key to open the door, to allow you to get back into the house. Okay. He hasn't even hit two of the other points. So one other point that is really funny and weird here <clears throat> is we'll go out for the night and I come home, it'll be like 10, 30, 11. I come home, I have to check a, a eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper for what day is it and what uh, trash item has to be put out. I can completely appreciate that they recycle everything here. Glass, paper, plastic, organic material, and then of course, everything that's not recyclable, but they do it 
on a different day of the week. So every single day, and it's actually 67 stairs I've counted, I have to come home after dinner, pasta, pizza, and a bottle of wine, come upstairs, see what needs to be recycled. You can't actually put it out until after 10 p.m. So if you're like an early sleeper and you go to bed at eight, you're never getting your trash okay, picked Not up. only are you doing the rock, paper, scissors game every oh every single night to, with the trash after 10 o'clock to walk down the steps in the dark because now you got to do the reverse <laughs> because it's nighttime. But to go outside on the deck where the rock, paper, scissors cases are to recycle, you have to open a dry cleaning <laughs> gate. It's a metal gate with a with a 360 yes, but don't, thing. Don't it knock looks it. like I'm tacking and sailing across <laughs> the Atlantic for 20 minutes to open a metal gate to get out to okay, the thing and but, I got to reverse it. But don't knock it. In the morning, I feel like I'm opening the store. <laughs> you are. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. But don't knock it because we love that thing. We've been sleeping until like 11 o'clock every day because we're in the pitch black. It is the most amazing blackout curtain. Oh, I've trained my body what dead is like. I mean, like if you're going to be nine <laughs> feet under in dirt, when they close the metal gate, there's no light. Okay. Once again, I'm, like, in the, I'm in the dark. It's I've, the hallway. I've broken four toes trying to pee in the middle of the night because it's pitch black because we're inside of a dry cleaner in a gate. Oh my God. I can't breathe. Oh my God. Okay. All right, what did you so, want to say? <laughs> I can't even. So tell me about your experience with water, with drinking water. You mean you mean like having to actually have water for my body? Is that what you're talking about? Okay, so to get water for your body, you have to you, you have to okay. Here's how I'm going to start this. It could be very easy. Hey Rob, don't make a big deal. Just go to the store and get some water. Let me tell you what going to the store and getting some water is, okay? So on Monday if you go to the store and get some water, you can't get water. Kim, why can't you get water on Monday? Because they have, they're recovering from the weekend. So everything's closed. Everything's closed on Monday to get the store. Uh, to, Until to, noon, to at get, least. To get, the, to get the water. Okay, so let's say you go on Tuesday to get the what water. If you go but be because, because we sleep in a freaking cocoon dry cleaning store with absolutely no light simulating nine feet under death in dirt. You can't, it's impossible to wake up unless you have some kind of alarm waking you up. It's not going to happen, but you go downstairs. And if you go downstairs at 11 o'clock, what's going to happen? <laughs> well, not at 11, but usually if you go between one and five, everything okay, is so my, le- my 11 is actually one, but okay. you go at but one because so you between, can't get water. Be- between one and five, they do the siesta where they close everything. Down okay, and so now you, all right, so now you get the water. Okay, so now okay, so now you actually let's say you did make it out at eleven when the store is open. Okay, so now but there's a got, mad rush because they're closing at one because of the siesta. All right, so now you're now you're trying to go into the store talking to people who speak absolutely no English, but there's water in cases everywhere. Okay, so you pick up the basic basically a pallet of water, okay, like a pack mule. You walk 19 blocks home to get the water and go up the never-ending staircase 
open it up and what do you have? You have fizzante, okay? <laughs> so you have water. sparkling. Have you ever tried to wake up in the morning to Perrier, <laughs> just putting Perrier down your throat? You're burping and farting for like an hour and a half because you're one big bubble, okay? <laughs> to be honest, that's all you are. So now you, and, and so you can only do this water for so long because you can only carry one pallet at a time up doing your strongman competition up to your Airbnb. But that's, you know, I feel like, I feel like I'm in a little house in the prairie. I feel like I'm living back in the 30s trying to make things simple and easy. Do you know, it's so funny. I mean, all kidding aside, that is actually what's going on in our life right now for the last two weeks. Uh, we only have a couple more days here. The Airbnb itself is actually really nice. We're making it sound horrible. It's actually in a great location. We're loving it. And it's allowing us to get work done, not upload it to the internet per se, but to actually get the work done. Well, you're trying to get work done as long as you don't die of carbon monoxide poisoning. So let me tell you how you, <laughs> let me tell you how you have to how you have to cook the stove. Okay, so if you want to use the stove, if you want to use the stove, there's a long. I'm gonna do the best I can to describe this. There's a long metal pipe with a big yellow valve. Okay, that you have to. Oh, turn. Did I shut that off after you a major coffee? You have to coffee? turn clock. Stay here. You have to turn <laughs> clockwise to turn the gas on. When you turn the gas on, now you basically just have gas just pumping into the kitchen. Okay, and up high in the sky. There's a button, and I couldn't figure out why, but now I understand why. You hit a button, and you hear, and because we're in a dry cleaner, it opens up the vents for the dry cleaning air to come out of 97 feet tall in the kitchen to allow the carbon or the gas that's coming in, and then you got to hit another button. And you hit the other button and the button goes click, 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 which is sparks. Okay. <laughs> it's sparks. So you fill the room with combustible material and then you're, you're throwing your light matches. Click, 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 click. click and then the thing comes on. Well, if you turn that stove off after you've made a cup of coffee, which by the way, yields one cup. Okay. It takes a half hour to get the cup of coffee, but it yields one cup. If you turn that cup, if you turn that stove off, off, but forget to turn the valve that you turned on, you die. <laughs> um, you're not dramatic at all, are you? You die. You're not dramatic at all. So other than dying, um, pack mealing up the stairs, how have you enjoyed Puglia? <sighs> so Okay. This leads. So this, let's, this, let's, this is going to go into the second. This is going to go into whatever. This, that was just thing. an intro. I hope people are still with us. This is going to go into travel versus vacation. When you book a vacation, whether it's to Rome and you know you're going to the Coliseum, the restaurant, the Vatican, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or you book a trip to the Caribbean and you know that you're going to be staying at, you know, the Four Seasons. Well, not the Caribbean. Let's say the Four Seasons Maui. Let's say you're going to Hawaii. You have a predictable experience of what's going to happen. You're going to, you know, you're going to wake up, you're going to go to the beach and you blah, 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 blah. You know exactly what it is, right? So it's very familiar. You make a, uh, an impression. I mean, I've, I'll find something wrong with it, but for the most part, I know what's going to happen. Okay. We'll call that vacationing. When you travel like we have been doing, and we've danced around things like this through the years, but nothing obviously to this extent. You never know what's going to happen 
and you are stepping into a new world of completely unfamiliar that you either have to say, I'm going to roll with this and I call it kissing a pig. What do you want me to do? You want me to kiss a pig? I'm going to kiss a pig. Whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it. And that's the stage that I'm in now. Now that said, to answer your question, there is a radical difference between the Italy that we've been to 20 times in the past and the Puglia region that we are in now. This is 99.999% Italian. These are Italians that are on vacation. They're on holiday with their families. In fact, that every time we, we leave our little home base of Lecce and we explore out, we'll go like an hour to an hour and a half away all around the heel of the boot. And when we meet people, they're really excited to meet the Americans because it's almost like a zoo animal. We are the- They can't believe we're here. They're like, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> did, you, a- did you get stuck at, like, did you land in the wrong airport? They've, they've never seen, this is the first place, honestly, you know, I don't want to get, make a political argument here, but we travel a lot. And when, you know, there's been this arc of telling people that we're from America. And in the beginning, years ago, people used to be like, oh my God, America. And they loved it, right? And then there was uh, George Bush, not George Bush. I don't know why I made it Russian, but you know what I mean? <laughs> and then we started, we had to tell people we're from Canada because, you know, we were not well received. Now, I don't know what it is. I don't know if if things have changed here or... I, I actually or just think it's that we're the only Americans here. a different here. part of the country. I think it's just a different part of the country. We truly... So Puglia is a... We're going to get back to what he was talking about with vacation versus traveling because there are some things that we've uh, realized that I think can provide value for you guys because basically... and less laughing is of value. We've provided laughing zero has, so laughing far. Laughing has value. Laughing it's, has it's value, but we've value. provided no other value up to this point, but we'll get back oh, to that no, in a second. Oh, no, we have prepared them for what they're in for if they want to do this. That's a lot of value. <laughs> That's a lot of value. So in Puglia, it's pretty much where the Italians go to vacation. You might see a couple of people from the UK, maybe a few people from France, but that's kind of it. It's really where the, and, and those people typically have some Italian ancestor that lives in the area. Yeah, like a husband. Yeah, <laughs> a husband. So <clears throat> it's a really unique location and we've got to explore a lot and do a lot of things. But, you know, we've gone now from Monaco to Mykonos to Montenegro to Croatia. <laughs> Anything with an M is basically what we're- <laughs> What we've done. What we've done. Minneapolis is next. Go ahead. (laughs) To Croatia, to Rome. And then, you know, I left Rob for five days in Rome. He did great. And uh, I went back to the States to do some work with my team. Talk to me like like I'm a 14-year-old little boy. I did. Well, you kind of are when I leave you. So, uh, but he did great. And I came back, met him here, and we came uh, to Puglia. But, you know, with each destination comes a new way of doing things. With each destination comes a new schedule. And to give you an example, when we were in Montenegro, it was like, he'd wake up, he'd go do his morning routine. I'd bring him coffee. Then we'd switch. I'd go up and do yoga. And everything was like, there was nothing rushed or 
hurried or anything in Montenegro. It, like there, you couldn't rush anything Montenegro if you tried. There's not much to do. So it was very, very good reset for us. Then Croatia got a little crazy. Rome is super hectic. I was traveling back and forth to the US. And then we came here and there's a place here called, I'm going to say it wrong. Uh, I'm going to go with Toronto as it, not as in Toronto and you know, Canada, but as in tarantula. So Taran- Toronto. And they have this, um, this, I don't know, folk tale, old wives tale of uh, a woman being bit by a tarantula and being put under a spell. And they have a dance related to it. It's amazing. Actually, Anthony Bourdain did a really interesting episode here in Puglia. So if it's if that's up your up your alley, watch it. It's so good. But they have this thing and you know, since I've been in Lecce, I haven't felt myself and it's been really hard to be honest for me to 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 get into a routine here. It's been very very difficult. And it, you know, the day it's like I wake up in the morning, I help Sophia with schoolwork. Rob goes and does his morning routine and then it's, okay, where are we off to? And it was after like, I don't know what, Rob, day 10 of that where I started picking fights with you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I can't do this. And I was just, I was not myself. I was short-tempered. I I mean, I'm short-tempered usually anyway, but I was shorter-tempered. I was more on edge. There were things here that are um, a bit more frustrating. The siesta here is like, it's no joke. These people are they do not fucking around with. They're their sleep not here. fucking around with it. They are going to close this shit down until you know from twelve to five or whatever. Restaurants don't open. Okay, open and begin their their evening until seven thirty. And at seven thirty, the the chef is doing the the orientation for the staff of what's on the menu that night. So what's been super frustrating for us here is getting a reservation at any restaurant is impossible last minute because you can't you have to book it a day before so then we have to know our plans a day before which doesn't always happen for us well let's talk about booking it a day before okay so it's not even just booking it a day before if you don't call that restaurant during their open hours which are at 7:30 7:30 sometimes 8:30 at night until you know midnight um, you're they're not they're not going to answer the phone. So it's, there's no ability to book online. There's no ability to call them. And the only shot you have is while you are in a restaurant to call the next restaurant the next day, or you're not getting in. Because if you try and get in, they're going to say we're full yeah. because they have 12 tables and, and they put it. your name on the table for the night because you get the, you get it for the night. And you know, one more thing with this area is it, like we said, it's not the Italy that we are accustomed to in Italy, in Rome, Florence, those areas. we have found that, you know, you can get an amazing meal anywhere. You can kind of walk into any place and you're going to get an incredible meal. That hasn't been our, uh, our experience here. It's been a bit more intermittent getting a great meal and the food is very, very different. 
And there's a really heavy Greek culture here. The food is very blended. There's a lot of meat. There's, you know, it's not all like pasta and pizza and more simple food. So here, and I also even think it might be more touristy here, which is weird to think that Lecce could be more touristy than Florence or Rome, but something here is making the food not as amazing. So there's probably like five great restaurants in this entire city that we're currently in. And so it's been this game of where are we going to eat tonight? And so, you know, when you have a, a child that's been out playing all day in the park at the beach, and then you don't have a, reser- a reservation for dinner and you're going, you're using TripAdvisor and all these other things, and you're going restaurant to restaurant and no one will seat you because they don't have any room because they only have 12 tables. And then you get it, finally get into a restaurant and you can't get a waiter and the, the service isn't great and the food is not great. And then, you know, it's like one frustration after another. So, you know, between this culmination of me not being able to get into a routine, this stressful walking around at night trying to get um, a table and all of that stuff, it's been super frustrating to me. So, you know, I spent a good 10 days here probably irritated. And one night at dinner, I just finally said to him, I said, I'm sorry, I've been so horrible here. And he said, you really haven't been yourself, right? That's what I said. You have not been yourself. And he said, I think the tarantula bit you. (laughs) And so we started to have a conversation about it. And this is something in the vacation versus traveling that I've noticed is you know, there are things that are in your in your day-to-day routine that you set out and you have your routine. You wake up, you you maybe have a morning routine, maybe you meditate, maybe you go to yoga. Like for me in Atlanta, it was wake up, get Sophia off to school, drink some water, go to yoga, come home, shower, work, you know, and then go get Sophia. So I had a very predictable routine. Came to Montenegro. I expected it to be out of order in Monaco and Mykonos. I and because I knew what I I knew what I was getting into. Montenegro was so chill. It was easy to find a routine there. Dubrovnik was a shit show, but that was only six days, and I was like totally fine. Rome, there was no routine in Rome, but I was only there a day and a half. And so this is the first time for an extended period of time that I have not been able to find it. And it's what it's being so far out of routine has made me not super fun to be around. Now, okay, here's the thing. We talked earlier about having a predictable versus unpredictable thing. One of the things that I'm learning with Joe Dispenza's work is we are creatures of habit and the most growth will happen when we are out of our familiar, right? Because when you're out of your familiar, your brain is engaged and that's when it's the most porous to be able to become the person that you want to be able to become. So I am, as much as I'm complaining about everything around me, you know, I have one side of my mouth, the other side of my mouth is saying, this is good for me because what it's doing is it's interrupting my habitual patterns of, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when you get in the car and you drive to work and it's like, you get there and you're like, I don't even know, I don't even know how I got there. We go through life a lot like that. Right. And so this, you can't go through life like that. When you bang your knee into a bidet and, you know, fracture, you know, (laughs) an elbow trying to brush your teeth, you are very present minded. One, two is 
I have a, a much more worldlier view of, I don't know how to put it any other way than to say a worldlier view of the world. Because being around this environment with these kinds of experiences has radically changed how I'm thinking about things. One of the things that, uh, that come along with having a child on a trip like this is there's lots of different experiences that she gets to get. So I have never been to Puglia before, but she has. So she is going to, when she gets older, she's going to approach environments that she's unfamiliar with as being familiar with it. Can I back up to what you were saying before? Because no. Okay. Well, I'm going to anyway. So, you know, I don't want to leave people with like, you know, Kim came to Puglia and turned into a bitch, <laughs> like, because that's where we kind of just dropped it off there. So if I can back up around it, what I figured out in kind of to your point of being in this environment forces you to be present, right? What you were just saying about Joe Dispenza yeah. and all of those things. So the fix and this is where I think it's applicable for people, even in their day-to-day life, especially moms that have children, husbands, they're working. A lot of times you see these moms walk around and they're frazzled, right? They're talking to themselves because they, it, it's just like they, it, every day there's so much coming in. So after we had the conversation about me being bit by a tarantula that night, you said, well, how can I help you? And I said, you know what? Here's the thing. I think tomorrow morning, I just want to go out and I want to take a walk by myself through the town. And I don't know why, I just felt nudged to go and have some time on my own by myself, walk through the town and see what happens. And so, you know, I was feeling creatively stifled. I couldn't string a sentence together. I was trying to post something and it was just coming out all wrong. Like I I couldn't think. And so I was like, I'm just going to take maybe an hour. Is that okay? You know, and Rob was like, sure. And what I appreciate, by the way, so much about my husband is that he didn't make me wrong. There was no like, hey, Kim, why have you been such a bitch for the last week? Like that never happened. He was as, you know, kind. He didn't let me be mean to him, obviously, but he helped me talk things through and there was no blaming, name calling or whatever. And so I appreciate that, Rob. You let me come out of it. And you also asked how you could help. So- and the next day I went and I walked through the town. And the first thing when I walked out the door, what I realized, and this is what I think is applicable for anyone that ha- finds themselves feeling overwhelmed, flustered, not creative. I walked outside and I just started to be. So be listening. I didn't have to talk to anybody. Usually I had thought back, like as I walked through town, I was listening to all these Italians talk around me. I wasn't speaking. And soon after 45 minutes, my mind started to clear. And then I was able to do a video. I was able to like come up with an idea to do an IGTV. So I literally just stepped off into a alleyway and did an IGTV on something that I felt was important. And that idea hadn't been coming to me for over a week, you know, and I was super frustrated. So what I learned was sometimes you have to remove yourself from all of the input So as a mom specifically, and I know dads, you guys get this too, but I can only speak from a mom's perspective. As a mom, I have, you know, Sophia coming over. I need this. I need that. I I get this mom about this, like what, just what she did now, uh, which, you know, the editor should leave that in just coming over. 
and telling me about some video she just watched or something. There's constant input. Rob, it's constant input. What about this? What about that? Can I do this? Can I do that? Can you get me this? Can you help me with that? And then my business. And what I realized during that walk was I probably had a good six to eight weeks uh, or at least six weeks of nonstop constant input without any real meaningful clarity. I had broken my toes, so I couldn't do yoga. I didn't... Rob's routine, to be honest, was overshadowing my routine. So he was doing this full morning routine workout. And by the time he was done, it was like, where are we going? So I wasn't getting a morning routine in. I wasn't getting meditation and and all of those things. And I wasn't asking for it. You know, I was, I didn't want to make a stink about it, but not having those things, not having those parts of my life that make me a better human, you take those out and you're going to get the, the mean person <laughs> because well, you're. Well, I think this is such a great example that, you know, even if you're on vacation or even if you're traveling like we are now, that the things that make you human, the things that you need to be able to, you know, the shock absorbers that you need to get through life with to make sure that you're journaling and meditating and, you know, being in silence or whatever you need. If you don't take care of those self-care needs, you can ignore them and you can say, I'm super mom, but it's going to, it's going to bite you in the ass and it's going to show up in some other way. And I, you know, I love the fact that you are so willing to say I was, I was this way. I knew something wasn't right. I needed to fix it. I asked for what I wanted. You gave it to me. I went out and it fixed. And and anybody listening, the value here is if you see your partner behaving in a way that is not typical of them, chances are there's something that's bubbling up inside them that something simple like, you know, giving, giving them an hour or two to be able to just sort of like disconnect and take the time will allow them to come back better. I mean, she came back, you know, like Florence Nightingale, she came back like, you know, the woman that I married. And if you want to see, um, what that was like in the moment, then go on her IGTV and watch her video called, She'll look it up and she'll she'll tell you. But I, go go watch it because you could see her. She just I don't have many. I mean, it was um ahas from two months in Europe. Okay. So just watch that IGTV. I mean, she just propped up a video camera and uh and just went at it. So you can see the light in her eyes. Oh well, thanks. Um actually I think I had sunglasses on, so there's that. But that neither here nor there. So yeah, I mean, I think the biggest uh takeaway between vacation and travel is that vacations is usually a time that you're checking out and you're just going pure into enjoyment. Whereas travel, you're going to have bidets in your way. You know, you're going to have to overcome the bidet. You're going to have to overcome the the stairs and the trash and the this and the that. But at the end of the day, Rob, what is your, is this something you recommend for people? Would you recommend people take this type of this type of trip, this type of journey, have you found growth in it or has it all been bad for you? No, it's all, it's, it's all been incredible, but here's what I would recommend. I would recommend that you get really, really clear. I mean, we spent a long time planning this trip. So I was under no false impression that this trip was going to be very, very different from me walking into the lobby of a hotel and talking to a concierge. I knew that this was going to be different by 
by the locations we were going to, the fact that we're staying in Airbnbs, the kind of Airbnbs that we were choosing for experiences. So I went into this knowing that it was going to be different. And even that said, it's still, there are parts of it that still weren't easy for me. And then there was a, there's another side of it that was far more experiential, far deeper than any hotel experience in a, you know, sort of like sanitized way of a city that, you know, was used to dealing with tourists um, would have been. So I, I strongly recommend people do it, but I also recommend that they set their expectations to know that it's going to be different and to embrace those differences. And you may have to let off a little steam about um, the fact that your bathroom is two feet wide. (laughs) All right. I think that's good. Well, there you go. We wanted to keep it real and we kept it real. So um, what do we want? What else do we want to tell them before we leave? Oh, so we are heading next. uh, We got a couple of days in Paris for the Munchkin's birthday. And then we are headed to Florence for seven weeks, roughly, and uh, ending in Rob's Work Hard, Play Hard Mastermind. But on September 2nd, I believe, Rob will be announcing his 2020 destinations for the 2020 Mastermind from our rooftop in Florence via video. So stay tuned for that. Check out his IG for more. Anything you want to say? Yeah. I also want to say a lot of people have been reaching out to us. You know, look, when I was a working chiropractor and, you know, I was, I was there 30, 40 hours a week, sun up to sundown. And if I watched, you know, two yahoos bouncing around uh, the country for uh, bouncing around Europe for four months, I'd be looking going, how are they doing that? So we're get, we get a lot of those messages. And to be really honest with you, the, the base income that allows us to do it is because we decided to jump into network marketing. So um, Kim has graciously agreed to do something that I really love the name. It's called La Dolce Freedom. So she's going to be beginning that in Florence, where she's going to take a group of people that want to do what we did and teach them exactly how we did it. And we'll save, uh, we'll save more of that for another show. But if you want to learn more about that, go to Kim's Instagram at Kim. Are you Kimberly or Kim? Kim. (laughs) At Kim Murgatroyd. Good luck spelling that name. Have a great week, everybody. And we'll see you next week from... Somewhere. Somewhere. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.